Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Sunday in December. Great show on the way for you. Bally Giblin are Munster champions once again. We have reaction from newlywed and hat-trick hero Shane Beston, as well as manager Ronan Dwan. Dennis Hurley was our man there and will give us his thoughts on the match also. Forest members are still in conclave as they decide on Dermot Usher's bid to take over Cork City. We'll be keeping an ear out for any news breaking our way throughout the show uh, from there. Jeremy McCarthy speaks to Irish international Saoirse Noonan and we're going to talk about all things World Cup, of course, England in action from 7pm against Senegal. France already winning today, so it's uh, plenty going on in Qatar. All of that before 7pm. Aidan Lee here with you on the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I suppose, uh, yeah, it could be a massive, massive day for Cork City, uh, for Cork City FC, of course, uh, for us voting on the uh, bid by Dermot Usher to take over the club. And like I said, as soon as we hear anything, you'll be the first to know. Uh, let's jump into the action. Uh, France have qualified for the quarterfinals of the World Cup. The defending champions beat Poland 3-1. Olivier Giroud struck in the first half, while Kylian Mbappe grabbed two in the second. Robert Lewandowski netted for a consolation from the spot. Les Bleus now face England or Senegal in the next round. Of course, that's underway from seven. Speaking ahead of the game, uh, England manager Gareth Southgate says his team is ready for a penalty shootout if required. They were beaten on spot kicks, of course, at their last major tournament losing the final of Euro 2020 against Italy Southgate says he backs his players in all situations Like every other aspect of our game we're prepared we've had a process that we've followed we've had three shootouts we've won two so inevitably the one that you don't get over the line you reflect and you think about how you can improve those processes Brazil legend Pele says every message of love is keeping him full of energy. The 82-year-old who's fighting colon cancer has received tributes from the biggest names in football since going into hospital on Tuesday. And of course, Brazil are in action against South Korea tomorrow. Neymar has actually been declared fit to play for that game. Um, but of course, news has uh, been doing the rounds over the last couple of days about Brazil are about Brazil legend Pele, of course, and uh, and his health, and uh, it looks like a lot of the uh, the news was maybe a bit of misinformation about Pele going into end of life care. It doesn't seem that it's uh, that serious, um, but there has been peop- uh, plenty of people uh, speaking about him and giving their thoughts, and uh, of course, uh, Brazil uh, coach uh, Chichi has shared his memories of meeting Pele. I was shaking when I greeted him. My hands were sweating, my heartbeat increased, and I thought, wow, I'm going to have the opportunity to greet Pele. It's something all of us feel. It's a difficult moment. It's probably quite difficult to understand how uh, how nervous somebody like 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 Chichi would be meeting Pele. You know that that type of a legend in a, in a country like Brazil, who are just so mad about football. Um, it, it must be uh, quite incredible, and you know all of that. You you imagine that that, that the news about about Pele and his health is going to really 
give the, the Brazil team something extra to draw on at this World Cup. Arsene Wenger has also been talking about Pele. He said news of Pele's ill health shocked him, having recently spoken to people close to the Brazilian football legend. Um, the 82-year-old posted on Instagram to say he's strong with a lot of hope after reports suggested, as we said, that he was beginning end-of-life care. Um, he's uh, Pele stated he wants to get, uh, he wants to keep everyone calm and positive as he continues his fight. Wenger is hoping for good news. I spoke to his agent not long ago. He was not as pessimistic as the news we get at the moment, so I was a bit surprised and shocked that Pele is not well. He told me that he is to go back to hospital, but uh, he's not uh, in uh, danger, and I hope he, he is right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Certainly, I think everyone uh, has, is, has the uh, same outlook as, as Arsene Wenger there. Uh, elsewhere, a friendly between Hearts and Spanish club Almeria was abandoned earlier after players clashed during the match. The Scottish Premiership side were 1-0 down in Spain when a player from each side was sent off. The match was called off shortly after, with Hearts tweeting to say it was due to altercations between both sets of players. I saw it. There was a bit of a niggly challenge in there, and... Uh, the two players kind of reacted to each other. A Hearts player hit the deck. Um, no, I wouldn't say he was he was punched. There was a few belts, all right. You know, a few slaps, like uh, nothing, nothing major. I, I think we we've all probably seen far worse, unfortunately, in this country over the last year or so, uh, particularly in the GA. Uh, it pains me to say, but. Um, Look, maybe maybe it was the right thing to do to call it off there and then before before it got any worse. I don't know. It just, of course, from from what we've seen, it probably didn't look that bad. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, that that was called off, and at the end of the day, it's uh, it's a friendly to to try and get uh, the teams back into shape before the resumption of the season after the World Cup. Um, we'll be back to, to to football a bit a little bit later on, of course, in the build up to the uh, World Cup match between England and Senegal to golf now on thirteen under par. Norwegian Victor Hovland holds a three shot lead preparing for his final round of the Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas. Shane Lowry is two under through nine today. That leaves him four overall round and 16th on the leaderboard. Very strange leaderboard, actually. I saw it, um, saw it last night and there was a massive jump from, I think, whoever w- w- was the, the... There was only a certain amo- uh, amount of, of players uh, under par. There was two under par and next thing it jumped to about four over. So it's uh, it was quite a strange leaderboard, uh, to say the least. Uh, in hockey, the Irish men's team lost 4-3 to host South Africa in their Nations Cup final today. Shane O'Donoghue scored twice for Ireland with one uh, from John McKee also. In racing, Honeysuckle's career-long unbeaten run came to an end. Uh, her and Rachel Blackmore only managed third in the Hatton's Great Hurdle at Ferry House. The Star Mare came into the race, of course, 16 wins from 16 races. Jack Kennedy guided a 20-1 to shot Tiupu to victory for Gordon Elliott. It was actually a really good finish, uh, fantastic uh, racing in uh, really heavy ground. Willie Mullins' classical dream was second under Paul Townend. Um, there. So let's jump into the uh, action at Croke Park to Leinster finals. Of course, Kilmacook Croaks in both, and they haven't done a double, but they haven't gone home empty handed either. First of all, let's uh, hear from the hurling final, which happened a little bit earlier on. Ballyhill Shamrocks beating Kilmacook Croaks by three points. I watched the last 10 minutes or so of that game and managed to miss most of the goals in the France bowling game while I was doing that. Uh, but it was a really good finish. Helter-skelter stuff uh, in that game. Ashley O'Reilly was at Croke Park. It's full time here at Croke Park. It finished Ballyhale Shamrocks 2-22, Kilmacrud 2-19. It's Ballyhale Shamrocks who are the senior hurling Leinster champions for 2022, completing four in a row titles. 
Ballyhale led by 11 points at the break and Connell Flanley getting 1-3 in that first half. But talk about a purple patch for Kilmoko Krogs. They came out in that second half and dominated the opening 10 minutes, scoring 1-7 without reply. TJ Reid finally got Shamrock's first of the second half from a free 43 minutes gone. It was end-to-end stuff, a complete different game to the one-sided first half. And it was Alex Considine who made it a one-point game when he slotted home a brilliant goal to the bottom left-hand corner to bring Kilmacord well and truly back into the game. Owen Canelli then took a long-range shot and to his surprise, the goalkeeper judged it wrong and it dropped into the back of the net to give Ballyhale some breathing room. TJ Reid hits eight points for Shamrocks, a brilliant second half. The Kilkenny champions held on in the end by three points and it finished Ballyhale Shamrocks 2-22, Kilmacud Croaks 2-19. Four in a row for Ballyhale Shamrocks there in Leinster and that experience of, like, when, when you look down, you, you see... TJ Reid, Colin Fenley, even Owen Cody, who's pretty young, but the experience they have at inter-county level, like Ballyhill Shamrocks are pretty much a, they, they always have been almost a Kilkenny B team, you know, it's 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 a, a lot of Kilkenny players uh, and, and high quality club players as well that would probably start for most other county sides, you know, um, really uh, a good team, you know, TJ Reid just popping up and and making sure they they got through the, those last couple of minutes. As Kilmacud Croaks gave them a very good rattle, it has to be said. Um, especially you know being so far back and, and to create a game out of it and and create that bit of panic in, in the Kilkenny team it is quite difficult to do. So they did pretty well. The footballers much easier day for them. They beat Westmeads down the Downs by seven points in the Leinster football final. Here is Ashling O'Reilly after that game. Full time here in a very wet and windy Crow Park. Kilmacud Croaks 112, the Downs 8 points. It's Kilmacud who are the Leinster Senior Football Champions for 2022. It was an easy day out for Croaks who eased to victory with a 11 point lead at half time. Get in an early goal from Shane Cunningham who punched it into the back of the net. The Downs were dropping players back, leaving a two man full forward line, but they just found it difficult to keep possession, only scoring one point in that first half, but they were very much improved in the second. Luke Lachlan kicked three points for the Downs and Tom Tewitt kicked two with Kilmacud Croaks only scoring three points in the second half so they won't be overly happy with that but Shane Walsh was absolutely exceptional for them kicking nine points five from freeze it finished Kilmacud Croaks 1-12 the Downs eight points yeah much much easier about the best thing from that game was Morris Deegan getting absolutely clattered into by uh, a, a player from, from both teams he just seemed to get, get his feet mixed up he got stuck in between two players running for a loose ball and the two of them clashed into him and sent him uh, sent sent him flying into the air so that was about the the highlight of that game it was uh, fairly poor um, the Downs put up a few points right towards the end but yeah uh, the hurling was far far better it has to be said elsewhere today Antrim's Dunloy beat Schlottnail of Derry 2 11 to 16 points at the Athletic Grounds in the Ulster Hurling Final Galway's Mike Cullen won their first ever Connacht Football Championship beating Turla Strand of Sligo 13 points to 6 was the score there at Pierce Stadium and of course the big news here in Cork was that Bally Giblin retained their Munster Junior Club Hurling Crown earlier they defeated Limerick St. Cairns in Mallow Shane Beston fired in a first half hat-trick for the Mitchellstown club and they won out 3-12 to 11 points Shane Beston married yesterday on the pitch first half hat-trick for his club in the Munster final today excellent excellent stuff we're going to hear from him in just a moment but first of all we're going to hear from Bally Giblin boss Ronan Dwan who was with Dennis Hurley we're delighted yeah absolutely delighted no, with that sort of you know 
We know it's really tough going up here in Oasis, you know, but look, we got a couple of great goals in this first half, you know, kind of against the wind, you know, to, you know, to, to get a start. And, and yeah. As you know, look, the goals are, goals are worth everything, really, you know, goals are, you know, they're, they're goals. So, yeah. And, and like a 10 point win, I suppose, looks kind of one sided, but you really have to earn it, especially in the first half. Absolutely, yeah. Like, I mean, look, you know, we got a couple of scores at the end to pull away, but yeah, as you know, look, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. And look, you know, the, we, we scored 2 2, I think, and I don't think we scored from really no, yeah. much, much in the rest of the half. And we got the, the third, third goal, goal yeah. you know, so I said it was 15 odd minutes there, we didn't score at all, you know. Yeah. They had a few wides and did a lot of play, you know, and obviously standing on the field, you know, the wind is strong enough, like so. Um, yeah, look, it was a tough, hard battle, especially during the first half. And um, you know, you know, the scoreline doesn't do just Shanky ends and the rest. Yeah, and playing against the wind, you know, were you kind of targeting goals, or was it just the way it, it worked out? It worked out, I suppose. So, well, I'm looking sure you're expecting. I was hoping to, yeah. to get a couple of goals, but you know, it's just the way it worked out, really. And look. You know, Cahill and Sean inside you and off at a pace inside, like, and um, obviously Shane didn't, you know, was you know, breaking at the end because I mean, I think there was one Cahill, personally, Cahill passed to Sean and back to and, and Shane pulled on us. Yeah. And when Cahill hit off the post and came back down, the second one, I can't remember, no, to be honest. Yeah, ball from midfield. Ball, ball, Shane, yeah, 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 he ran in the came in on a chance. So look, absolutely, if you do not. Yeah, I was looking to get goals and, and look, thankfully today we got three. And up by four then at half time after playing against the wind, I suppose it was just a case of trying to. Just edge away a bit by bit. Yeah, I suppose look, you're conscious, didn't you? You know, not giving up a goal, and yeah. even, you know that you know you can keep chipping away with the points. It'd be, it'd be, they find it hard to catch us. Like, and obviously, if you get another goal on top of that, great. But yeah, you know, if you could kind of, you know, not concede the goal and, and and keep chipping away, which you were able to do, yeah, and stretch the lead out. Like, you know, as I said. And the defending ensured that there was no goal chances, even. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we've defended well now the last few games, and you know the the the, the, the last game since the. the since the, the first minutes of the county final, you know, yeah. we against Tracton and, and the two games of Munster today, we haven't given up any goal. Like, you know, and this time of year, you know, cold weather and, you know, every score is at a premium. Like, and if you can not concede goals and get one or two of yourself, yeah. you know, you, you have a good chance. And, like, it was like it was written in the stars, I suppose, for Shane to get 3-3 three, three, the, the day after getting married. It just is, shows the commitment. Yeah, it is unbelievable, really. Like, it's a fairy tale for any fellow yeah. like that to get married and score 3-3 three, three in the Munster final final day. I mean, but sure, you'll be delighted for him. Like, yeah. I mean, you keep, you know, your 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 wedding is yesterday, and you're 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 giving a sacrifice, you know, to, to mind yourself and and, yeah. and and come here again today, you know, and, and for it to work out. So, well, on a personal level and for the team, it's brilliant. Like, you know, but you'll be delighted for Shane. Yeah. On a personal level, like, because uh, he's you know he's a top class fellow. And the, the journey keeps going. One more game. Before keeps Christmas going. Now. Yeah. Two weeks time, again the 19th. So, yeah, looking forward to that. The winners will end stuff. So, again, the Norwegians that'll be very tough again. Commercials are are, are the Mexico champions. So. You know, absolutely. Just looking yeah, Ronan Dwan there speaking after their win in the Munster Championship Final, the Munster Junior Club Hurling Championship Final, defeating St. Kieran's. Here's the hat trick hero the day after his wedding, celebrating on the pitch afterwards with his wife Emma. What a weekend for this man, Shane Beston. Here he is with Dennis. When when did you realize that there might be a clash of days? Um, I think there was a few weeks afterwards. A few weeks ago, we, um, we had a fixtures to out for the, the Munster campaign, and the lads were saying, yeah, it's looking like the final day on the fourth, so, yeah, I had to, I was looking in a bit of a cash thing, so, yeah, uh, it was a matter of having, having a chat with herself and seeing uh, the logistics of the whole thing, and, yeah, luckily for, luckily for me, I suppose Emma is, uh, she's into the GA, so she understood, so, yeah, and, uh, she's from Kildare, she's from Kildare, yeah, she's from Kildare, yeah, 
I suppose like I always said, she knew what she was signing up for when she was going to yeah. marry me. So um, luckily she let me play and um, thankfully she did that. Yeah. So, unbelievable weekend. And you did a good day yesterday? Yeah, brilliant day yesterday. Um, all good few of the boys were there. They went away after the meal. Had, yeah. Um, and looked there, looked hard. I, I still enjoyed myself. Um, up nice and early this morning, had the breakfast and under autumn. Yeah. Here we are. You couldn't <laughs> wish for a better performance then, like, really, could you? No, like, it's, yeah, it's the same as there. It's kind of right or over stuff every time. Yeah. I wait for a while, it just bounced my way in. I said, finish him off. So, yeah, just really proud of all the legs and get yeah, us over the lane today and do back to back monsters is special. Like. It's, it's some year, like, you won the last last season's muster final here yeah. against Keener Rinky in January. Yeah. You're still playing. Yeah. December and another game to go. Like it, oh, it's, it, I suppose it, it, it's easier when you're winning the whole time, but it, it's, um, it, it just shows the, the the bond within the team, like and the the level of commitment and performance and everything. Yeah, that's it. Like there's an unbelievable. That's it. Like you see with the nail there. There's when you when you start winning games, like there's kind of a, a momentum to it. Like and yeah. you you know that if we can bring teams down the final straight, like the game, we have to believe there that we know how to win. Like yeah. we've played so many games, we've played so many games over the last 18 months. It's really sad because we never panic and always trust what we're doing. And it's been, it's been working the treat. Yeah. So um, hopefully it continues now for another couple of games. Yeah, and yeah. some something celebration tonight before another please. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll hundred percent enjoy the next couple of days. I had to celebration was small but muted for a few of the boys yesterday. So yeah. um, at the wedding, so. They'll 100% enjoy it today. We all will enjoy it. So, and then we'll, we'll look to down to our early campaign after that. Then. Okay, Dennis Hurley is on the line. Uh, Dennis, you were in Mallow to see Bally Giblin retain their Munster Junior Club hurling title. A uh, rare enough feat for for most clubs, as it's uh, it's not often that that clubs end up in the same uh, in the same grade at junior and intermediate anyway. But uh, Bally Giblin, they got over the line three twelve to eleven points, an impressive win over St Kieran's. It was it was impressive, in the end like I say an unprecedented feat they're the first team to win the Munster Junior Championship more than once I suppose the scoreline the scoreline might look a bit a bit more comprehensive than than it was they, they had to, to work hard for it to be fair um, the three goals from Shane Beston put them in a great position at half time they were then up leading by 3-2 to 7 points a kind of an unusual scoreline but they played against the wind and it was the, the third goal was the, the really important one because um, St. Kieran's had done well as the half was kind of ending and they had four points in a row I think to come back to within two and then they missed a couple of chances they would have, would have had just one in it and then Shane Beston got the third goal and you know four points was a, a nice cushion to have going in certainly to play with the wind and then um, Joseph O'Sullivan's free taking in the second half was excellent and Shane Beston got a couple of points and they, they just made sure that they didn't allow any, any goal opportunities um, and once once they did that they were always going to, you know, they were always likely to have enough. Yeah, it's funny. I, I was just saying to you there, uh, we uh, I spoke to Mark Keane for last night's bigger bench, and I asked him about Shane Beston because he had gone off with a bit of an injury at the end of the semi final against Colligan, and uh, he told me he wouldn't be there because he was getting married yesterday. But he was there then, of course, at the end of the day, and uh, it's some going uh, a wedding and to turn up then first half, bang, 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 uh, three goals to to, to send Belly Giblin on their way. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Mark must have been worried that there might have been the same care and people listening to, <laughs> listening to the bench on Saturday evening. But yeah, um, I, I interviewed Shane after, and you know, like he said, it was right or over stuff. You know, to get 
to get three goals like that, um, you just couldn't have wished for better. And the three points he got were all were all excellent as well. Um, so it was you know a fairy tale weekend. Um, but it's just been a fairy tale year for Valley Gibbon. They they started the year with a monster final win, and they they have another one now in December. But the year isn't over because they've not earned semi final against commercials from Dublin or Horswood from Wexford uh, in a fortnight. Um, so hopefully they'll get over that and you know another other in the final to look forward to them after Christmas. It's it's been an incredible journey for them and it just doesn't show any sign of letting up. I think every win makes them that bit better and gives them more confidence and experience and they're they're really just um you know, they're just building game by game by game and um you just wish them all the best. Yeah, as uh, you, you mentioned there, Joseph O'Sullivan is free-taking in the semi-final as well. He was excellent from long-range uh, freeze. He had nine today, seven uh, were from freeze and a 65. He's just so accurate, especially from distance. Oh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a huge advantage um, to, to, for a team to, to have someone like that, you know, that, that you know is going to put over the, the bulk of the freeze that, that you're given. They didn't get many chances in the first half, Um but in in the second half, any any opportunities that came, just just put them away, and they were just able to to edge clear then bit by bit, um, you know, and the the defending them was so good that there, there was no real no real chance of a goal for St Kieran. They won twenty meter free at the end, but that that was put over the bar. But even if that had gone in, it, it would have just reduced the the deficit rather than. Rather than kind of being the, the start of a, a proper proper fight back. Yeah, Ballygiblin were always going into the game as favourites, and coming up against a, a Limerick team in St. Kieran's, like you know, Limerick hurling is is so strong at the moment. You're always going to have that bit of bit of awareness that that you know you're coming up against a tough side. And even uh, Ronan Dwan after the semi final said how he was expecting a really tough one against Colligan, and maybe Colligan just didn't didn't show up on the day. But um, that's just the way that the provincial championship is. You know, there's always that bit of unknown with your opponent. Yeah, and you know, like I said, having been there and done it last year, that would just have given Barry Gibbon confidence. I was talking to the St. Kieran's coach, John Fitzgerald afterwards as well, and he was he was full of praise for um, for Barry Giblin That you know, St. Kieran's are a senior football club in Limerick, and you know, he he said how Barry Giblin were able to match them in, in, in the physical stuff, and they had. You know, whereas up to now, any team that St. Kieran's played, they felt they had more hurling than them, but Bally Giblin had as much hurling, and, and on the day, they, you know, they, they came out on top, and they, they were able to um, they were able to mix the, the physical and, and the, the technical sides of it well, which is it's what you need at this time of year. Um, and so, you know, they've, they've won more tests to go, but I don't think they'll be, they'll be at all phased by it. Yeah, and another man in the squad as well for Bally Giblin is Cahill O'Mahony, of course, the Cork footballer. Didn't get on the score sheet today, no, but he had an excellent semi-final as well. And uh, it's just amazing the, 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 the kind of calibre of player they do have, like Mark Keane, like we said, at centre-back. You've the likes of Joshua Sullivan and Shane Beston who did the, the business today. And then uh, an inter-county player in Cahill O'Mahony who's a real live wire inside the full forward line. Absolutely, yeah, and Dara Flynn as well, who won all our number 20 medals with Cork. Like you say, it was unusual. They'd only the two scores today. St. Kieran's only had two scores as well. So, very, very strange just to have four scores in a hurling match. Kahl was a bit unlucky. Uh, Shane's third goal came after Kahl went for a point and just came back off the post. But Shane was there to, to put it in the net. Uh, and before the second goal, Kahl had a goal chance that was saved as well by Killian Ambrose and goal for St. Kieran's. But 
I, I think as as Barry Gibbons' journey has gone on, they've really developed a squad. You know that they're not just reliant on one or two players, and they have different guys who will who will pop up on, on different days and um, and be influential. And you know, for for a team and a management, that, that's a, a great luxury to have. And um, you know, like you say, they they have good options, and you know they they have someone someone coming up with the goods every day. They come up against a, a Leinster side now in the semi-final of, of the All-Ireland Championship and of course it was the Leinster side that ultimately knocked them out or, or defeated them, sorry, in the All-Ireland final last year, um, wasn't it? Uh, it was the Kilkenny side. Um, the Western but, Coin beat them in the All-Ireland yeah. final yeah, last year. So it's a, it's it's a, it's it's a real chance for them now to 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 put that right. You know, playing that that Leinster team maybe is is you would say maybe is is the next strongest team in the competition and uh, and a chance to 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 right the the, the wrongs of of uh, earlier on this year. Yeah, absolutely. And um, black and white won the Kilkenny game last year. They they were knocked out. Um, they were knocked out already. So it, it's um, commercials from Dublin and Horswood from from Wexford in the final, and that's on next weekend. So. Whoever wins that will have to turn around the following weekend and play the semi-final. Whereas Barry Gibbons will have had the extra week to to just um, to just re- recover from this and be able to watch the Leinster final and maybe kind of come up with de- ways of dealing who they'll be playing with. So you'd hope that that, that extra bit of time is spent to them. And like you say, it, it'll be a, a, a tough game, but um, after everything they've done, they certainly won't be green fearing anybody. Absolutely. Dennis, great stuff. Thanks a million. Okay, thanks, him. Yeah, Dennis Hurley there. He was our man in Mallow today as Bally Giblin retained their Munster Junior Club Hurling Championship title. Big, big news. Dermot Usher is officially the new owner of Cork City FC. Forest have voted in favour of the bid to take over the club uh, by the Dublin businessman. 84% voted in favour of the takeover. Dermot Usher is the new owner of Cork City FC and we'll get as much reaction as we can. It's quite late in the day uh, for us, but we will try our best and we will get you some reaction to that. If you want to give your thoughts, uh, let us know. Get in touch with us, 0868 on text or WhatsApp at Big Red Bench on Twitter. The news that Dermot Usher has taken over Cork State FC after that vote by Forest members, 84% voting in favour of the takeover. Um, today, around the uh, county, um, there was cross-country action. Paul Hartnett of East Cork Athletic Club and Fiona Everard of Bandon Athletic Club stormed their respective National Novice cross-country titles at the 123.e National Novice and Junior Uneven Cross-Country Championships hosted by St. Catherine's Athletic Club in Cork. I must give a quick shout-out to my first cousin, Ty Kern, who ran with the juvenile Kildare team there today also they're on the road home listening in I'm sure um, now uh, we're, we're going to take a quick break coming up after that we're going to hear from Ireland International Saoirse Noonan and uh, like I said get in touch with us 0868 if you have any thoughts on the news that Dermot Usher has taken over Cork City after a vote by Forrest back after this The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. 
Yeah, you're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Leahy here with you for the next half an hour. And of course, the big news today for us uh, can confirm, the force board can confirm that the proposed motion for Mr. Dermot Usher to assume control of Cork City FC has passed following a, ma- a majority vote in favour at today's special general meeting. Further updates will be provided in due course. That is the At Forest Trust Twitter account. Uh, if you have any thoughts on it, get in touch with us 0868104106 on text or WhatsApp at Big Red Bench on Twitter. Huge, huge news, a huge day, a huge evening in the history of Cork City FC. Um, I suppose, uh, look, uh, it's natural that, that some fans may be nervous. I would say the majority are excited. 84% is quite, quite a, it's, it's actually more than, than I was expecting myself and, um, myself and a few that have been, been discussing the vote here today. Um, thought it might tighten up there, you know, as, as these things can do sometimes, but 84%. That is a whopping majority and uh, like I said, as soon as we get any more um, information on it, uh, we'll bring it to you. Now let's jump into Jer McCarthy's interview with Irish international Saoirse Noonan. Jer spoke to Saoirse on the Women in Sport podcast. Now, it is a real thrill, as always, to be joined on the line here on the Big Red Bench by Republic of Ireland Soccer International and new marketing graduate from MTU. I'm delighted to welcome Saoirse Noonan back to the Big Red Bench. Saoirse, how are you? And congratulations on your recent uh, graduation. I'm very good, Ger. Thanks for having me on again. Not at all. Um, that graduate, that graduate, I want to talk about that first because uh, your your line of clothing, Freedom Clothing, uh, which people can find uh, across all social media platforms, is absolutely flying it. And clearly, you know what you're doing because you're now a graduate of the marketing of marketing from MTU. How important was that for people and for younger, maybe younger listeners who know you as a soccer player and a former uh, footballer as well, but as a soccer player, like um, in business and how difficult it is to keep business and everything else going. Um, this graduation was a lovely moment for you, obviously, and vindication that your uh, your clothing line and your idea and your passion is going really well for you. Yeah, look, I think um, I wouldn't have got the opportunity to set it up without MTU. Um, a lot of the things I did throughout my four years there have benefited me being able to set up um, Freedom Official Clothing and Yeah, look, I kind of set it up as a hobby and now I use it as a business and do it on the side of playing f- football as well and I've always said I think it's really important to have something on the side. I suppose for me growing up, there was never really a proper opportunity for girls to make a proper living out of football. And now I'm one of the lucky ones, and I'm sure the kids growing up are going to be even more lucky than me, um, getting even probably bigger wages realistically, more realistic than the boys. Um, but yeah, look, I think it's really important to have that background. And things do change, and unfortunately things do happen in sport. And there is a time that you have to hang up the boots, which hopefully is far, far away. But it does come around and yeah, look, I, I love what I'm doing now and I love that I get to wake up in the morning and go and train as my job. But I do always have that at the back and I come home and do my bit of work and yeah, it breaks a bit of time as well as a footballer. You have to look after yourself and rest after training every day. So it does break that time as well. It certainly does, but it's clearly going well for you because the way you market your product um, on social media I've come across it quite a lot now um, and coming up to Christmas as well everybody should have a good look at Freedom Official Clothing as you said we'll get we'll get the details of where you can find that just before we finish up but um, the modern day footballer male or female 
you have to have something there when the football stops. I mean, you've got ahead of the curve, I would imagine, a little bit, and that you're still so young, but that you've got this grounding now in what you've done with something that you're passionate about, which is clothing, and you've seen, I would imagine, quite a lot of things, good, bad, and indifferent, on that side, away from the football, that you've learned an awful lot as well over the past 12, 24 months. Yeah, for sure. I think um, as well having um, freedom as my own brand and knowing the the work that I have to put in, the efforts probably helped me on the pitch as well because even though I'm working with other girls on the pitch, I basically worked for myself to start freedom and I find that hard and I, I've always been a team person but it just shows that like you have to put in time and effort regardless of what your what your job or what your hobby is going to be because if you don't put it in it won't you won't come back out and I find that hard sometimes struggle at all but and you have to enjoy what you're doing or it's never going to work because I don't need at any point and wasting time doing stuff that you don't enjoy um because life's too short to be honest and I'll always live by that you have to enjoy it and I think if you put your mind to something go after it and don't stop until you get it and then then you can worry about it if you have consequences etc but yeah look I think starting freedom has definitely been um beneficial to me in all aspects of my life and yeah I love I love doing it and I'm grateful for all the support from everyone and hope that I can carry on doing it for the next couple of years for sure I have absolutely no doubt that you will. Let's talk football because July 20th next year is a huge date on a lot of people's calendars. It is because the opening of the Women's World Cup at a sold-out Sydney football stadium where the Republic of Ireland will take on um, Australia and also take on Canada, the Olympic champions, and Nigeria in a quite difficult group. But the big and the positive news is that the Republic of Ireland under Virapal have reached the World Cup. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a lot of hype. Before then, there's an awful lot of work to be done which began with uh, the training camp in Marbella recently and a friendly against Morocco, which you were called up for. Um, now the Moroccans were under strength for that particular game and Ireland won easily 4-0, which was fantastic. It's still a win. It's, it's, it's all important. Tell me, first of all, what you got out of that training camp in Marbella and how important it was to remain in Virapaw's thoughts ahead of next year. Yeah, look, I think every camp that happens, everyone wants to be involved in. And there's a long list of us that have been in and out for the last year. Um, and it's really important that we all kind of keep working hard and I suppose supporting each other as well not just fighting for places against each other but also supporting each other because unfortunately we have seen injuries within the team and other players have had to step in and take on their roles Um, but yeah look I think going to Marbella we played a behind closed doors game we played them on the Monday and we got good results and everyone got a run out and yeah it was really beneficial for everyone especially to come back together and kind of level the heads again nearly um, and look at the task ahead and that is Australia um, next summer and that is the big goal and we've had a whole calendar made out that I suppose working towards it and working towards what we want to achieve there but yeah look it's an experience that I suppose is going to be probably once in a lifetime maybe um, and one that we have to kind of take with both hands now and enjoy enjoy the build up but also enjoy it, the occasion hopefully um, if we get there but as I said there's a huge a huge list of people and Whoever's on the flight will be the lucky, the lucky twenty trillion. The rest, unfortunately, have played their part, but it kind of ends there. Unfortunately, but everyone has played a huge part. There's about forty girls, I think, that have played games in this campaign so far, and you have to take everyone um, as important as the other because, as I said, players have stepped in when others have got injured, etc. And you need them all for training, and we're all with each other for nearly two or three weeks at a time. So it is really important to have a nice t- tight group, and that's what we have. 
Is it too simplistic to say, Saoirse, that the manager has told you just keep scoring goals and doing what you've been doing really well for Durham uh, in England recently? I mean, competition for places, as you said, you're correct, is tough. But you're in probably the most competitive end of the pitch where, the, where this competition, there's just such uh, a dearth of talent there at the moment. It's just the way it is. Is all you can do play to your optimum and keep scoring goals for Durham? I mean, is it that simplistic? Or did you get a chance to talk to Vera Paul and talk about what she wants from you between now and then? I wish it was that easy. <laughs> um, no, look, I think um, Vera obviously watches all our games and stuff and we're all different. We're all different players. We all have different um, strengths and we all have different weaknesses. Um, and we've went through it all and she spoke to me and what she wants and I kind of have said back what I think I feel on how I'm doing. And yeah, look, I think it is important to perform for your club every week mm. um, and it is important to score the goals every week and be winning. But there's a lot more to the game and... Um, yeah, we all have to look at that and we all have to look at what works best for for the team um, and the opposition that we're playing on the day. There's different um, setups we have to play and there's different strengths we have to use. And yeah, look, I think I'm against a really a really hard and talented bunch um, and that's a privilege that I'm up there with them. But I, as you said, I have to keep working, I have to keep scoring and yeah, I'll put my head down and work for the next few months and hopefully, hopefully stay within the team and that's the aim and to be on that plane to, to us. I think uh, well I think you're talking yourself down a little bit there because I think your versatility um, and not only just in putting the ball in the back of the net but the link up play I think that's and this is just my own opinion I think it's really improved Saoirse over the last number of months definitely going to Durham has benefited you in my opinion and playing regularly and playing with you know you look you seem happy in Durham I'm a, I mean that's 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 the, th- that's the thing I, it comes across and I think if you're happy in your club, you're certainly going to, that's going to transform onto the much higher and much more difficult international stage, but you can't really do any more than what you're doing at the minute, so I mean, it, I mean, in that sense, as we said, it's very, very difficult, it's a fan, it's a 23 players are going to get on that plane, I mean, you could put double that at the moment, so, so talented is the pool of Irish international women's soccer players, um, does the fact that things are going well for you in Durham, I mean, that's not so much a comfort, but it's important, and you've got to keep doing that, at least you know what you've got to keep doing. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, as you said, like when you're happy and when you're enjoying what you're doing, it definitely is easier. And I think probably sometimes I get frustrated that I'm not always at the level that I want to be at. And as a footballer, we have we set really high standards for ourselves, I think. But at the end of the day, I'm only here five, six months now. And as you said, I've definitely seen huge improvements. And there's another seven, eight months of the World Cup. And I'm definitely going to be here until then. So, yeah, I need to definitely just keep the head down and keep doing what I'm doing. But every week take it week by week and every game is as important as the next and we know Vera's keeping keeping an eye on all of us but as you said there is a huge a huge um, pool of talented talented players um, and everyone else is doing the exact same playing for their clubs bashing in goals and yeah we're all, we all want to see each other do well but we are all competing against each other at the end of the day um, but yeah look it's it's an exciting time and I'm, I'm delighted to be where I am and I have to be grateful for where I am right now and just keep keep working hard and I have absolutely no doubt that you will do that because uh, you've always done that and you've, you've never taken a backward step and uh, it's great to see you, uh, it's great to see you happy it's great to see you uh, settled uh, in Durham and scoring a lot of goals that was a big move I, I, and this is the thing Sarah, just to finish up people forget they say oh you've gone to Durham like, but you've got to get up from where you are you've got to move you've got to find a place to live you've got to get settled there's complete strangers you've not met them before and then you're expected to just knock into goals week after week and it's a thing with professional footballers male and female I think that you know the fan forgets they go oh yeah just turn up put on the jersey and start scoring it's dead easy it's not there's so much going on 
off the pitch and you've got a business and you want to keep on the international scene I think you've handled it really really well recently and the only way you can handle it as you said is to try and enjoy your football and you clearly are in Durham and it seems to have suited you that move Yeah I think um, definitely coming in with the transition of Durham going from part-time to full-time definitely helped me because being a full-time footballer is a huge a huge ask and it is a huge task and it is all fun and games but at the end of the day our days off are a day after a game where you're still in the gym pride in recovery so you don't really get a day off as a footballer um, I've never I've never been I haven't had more than two days off since July I have gone home probably two or three times and at one time I can say I'm blessed because I'm I'm getting called into Irish camps and that's when the girls get their three or four days off but at the same time I've moved away from home um, I've never been away from my family for this long so yeah I think I'm looking forward to the Christmas break for sure but there is a lot that goes on behind closed doors and people over here probably do forget that you are away from your family and you have to set up a whole new life and make all new friends etc um, but yeah but it's been an enjoyable one everyone's been absolutely amazing Um and supportive and stuff and yeah look I have enjoyed it and I hope I can keep enjoying it and I hope I can keep scoring goals and have more fun because it is it makes it a lot easier to go on training on Tuesday after winning on Sunday so so yeah Excellent stuff well fingers crossed for you between here and the rest of the season I'm delighted you're getting some time off to come back home I know how much you're going to enjoy that and your family as well and your friends over Christmas before we let you go can you tell us where can we find uh, Freedom Official Clothing on social media because if people haven't checked it out they need to so it's on Instagram as freedom underscore official clothing. The website's www.freedomofficialclothing.ie and there's a Black Friday sale today. Use the code BLACK for 40% off just today. So get on it. Never miss an opportunity. Proper marketing graduate there. Uh, international <laughs> footballer and all around good person. Saoirse Noonan, uh, if we don't talk to you between your Christmas, enjoy the festive season and the new year and fingers crossed for next year. Everybody here in the big red benches behind you and uh, all the best for the future. Cheers, sir. Same to you. Thank you. Yeah, Sir Noonan there speaking with Jar McCarthy. Don't forget you can hear the Women in Sport podcast every Thursday at noon. Now, I really hope that Declan Carey is on the line here, if he can hear me. Uh, Declan, Declan Carey, Cork City FC chairman. Thanks a minute for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Uh, no problem at all. I think this is my first live appearance, so yeah. yeah <laughs> Thanks not, for having me. Don't worry, you're as you're probably as nervous as I am, so because I'm just hoping it all goes for the all good. Um, yeah. Look, what a huge, huge evening! It's an historic moment in the history of Cork City FC. Dermot Usher is the new owner of the club. Yes, indeed. Yeah, look at the I, 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 what I feel anyway, and uh, the rest of the board is a monumental occasion for for Cork City FC, and not just Cork City FC, but I think Cork football in general and Cork sport. Um, I think look, we have Dermot Usher now as the next custodian of uh, of, of Cork City FC, and exciting times I'm sure for Cork City FC supporters um, look obviously it was a, the absolute privilege of my life being chairman of Cork City FC but I'm more than happy to hand over the reins now to, to Mr Usher and uh, wish him all the best um, in what I'm sure will be a, a challenging period he'll have to navigate through in the short term but um, with the ideas that he has I'm sure uh, the club will flourish in the in the medium and long term as well so best of luck to, to Dermot Okay, can you can you tell us, I suppose a bit, a bit more about that and, and the arrangement now that that's going to unfold are you Stepping aside completely now from the club. Yeah, look, I, I suppose look, I've been a volunteer for the club for as long as I can almost remember. At this stage, it's coming close to, to twenty years, and um, you know, I, I, I'll never personally myself give up on Cork City FC. 
Um, but look, in my official capacity as chairman of Cork City FC, uh, yeah, we will be handing that over to Dormant now in the coming weeks. We're going through the relevant legal processes and um, and also having this, uh, you know, all signed and dotted by our governing body, the FAI. Um, so there's a bit of legals and um, and things to, to work our way through. But look, we've already got a lot of that groundwork done um, in the event that the vote passed today. Um, you know, we obviously have to prepare for whatever outcome um, the, the vote would, would have and make sure that, you know, we make sure that Colin Healy is there and ready to put a, a you know a very competitive squad together for the, the the new season and that's you know was always on on the back of our minds as well. So look, we've done a lot of the work already and um, look, Forrest, the previous custodians of, of Cork City FC, will still remain and and go back to its original intentions and you know the the current board will will remain in place until the next AGM next summer. Um, there'll be a couple of board changes and standard elections that will take place, but yeah, we'll be um, handing over our duties uh, from an operational capacity uh, in terms of our um, uh, work we do for Cork City FC at, at board level uh, to Dormit over the coming weeks and months. Okay, can, you, can I suppose, uh, can you tell us about today and uh, and how that all unfolded um, at the vote yeah. and uh, what what happened, I suppose, uh, at, the, at, the, at the event? Yeah, yeah. Look, it was. A, I thought it was one of, one of the, the better forest meetings uh, I, I was at in terms of, you know, the, the quality of questions and the engagement from the supporters. And uh, the, what else would you expect? Like, you know, we, um, you know, we 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 owned the club uh, for us, uh, and it, such as the, the members' right to ask challenging questions. But look, yeah, we um, we sent out agendas during the week to members and um, and various communications from ourselves and and Mr. Dormer Usher and. Um, and then we had an online uh, voting facility available as well for members who couldn't make it here today. Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, today then we had a number of presentations. Um, I spoke, Conor Halloween, the treasurer, spoke. Uh, David Alton spoke as well. Then Mr. Usher himself made a presentation to the members. We had a, a, a Q&A, um, which uh, went on for quite some time. And, uh, you know, it was uh, very interesting. Uh, we even learned more things about Dormit that, that we didn't know going into today, which was good. Um, and then we had the, the, the voting process and look, we, we started off around 3pm today and we're finished up um, just about 20, 20 or 30 minutes ago. Yeah, I suppose uh, 84% I think was the vote in favour of the takeover, 86, which is 86, yeah. 86%. Yeah. So that's a, it's a very strong majority. And I suppose, especially after that Q&A session, like it would have been natural, obviously, that it's, fans would have had some nerves. Overall, there was probably excitement there. But after that Q&A, for that to be the outcome, then it's, uh, it's, it's a resounding majority. Yeah, that's it. And look, I, I think it was quite an emotional day for Forrest as well. Like I didn't, you know, I obviously want to mention as well, you know, three three board members who served on the board of Forrest who are no longer with us today: Cahill O'Driscoll, um, Pat Shine, John Kennedy. Look, so many people have put so much effort into this uh, since you know Forrest took over the running of the club in 2010, and it's an emotional day for everyone. And I, I, I can imagine it's it's bittersweet for some, but look, I think we all have to look at the the long term growth of Cork City FC, and this is the best. Um, pass forward for the for the club, and I think that was voted in resounding favour by uh, by the members, and they all uh, you know align with Dormit's vision and his plans for the club. Is it sad in a way that it is it is one less fan owned club now in Irish football, and that you know a fan owned club couldn't compete uh, to be a top Premier Division club? Yeah, I think look, we we had that back in 2017. But as I said, when I when I spoke to Rory on the bench yesterday, like I think that was built on fragile foundations. You know, the club was going from week to week, month to month, from a financial planning perspective, and it just couldn't continue. And look, I, I'm all for the romantic idea of supporters owning all football clubs, and but to be honest, at least from my perspective, you know. 
the ownership of Cork to the FC will always be with the fans because the fans are ultimately who hold everyone accountable that's with the club, whether that be the owner, the manager, the players. You know, the, the fans can vote with their feet and a, a strong force as well is important to be there in the background and act as guardians of Cork to the FC and hold Mr. Usher accountable for the decisions that he makes. And um, I think obviously, you know, we'll see how, how everything plays out, but we're confident with the homework we've done on Mr. Usher and the funds that he has available that it will be a you know, hugely beneficial period for the club. Um, and look, as I said, we, we wish him all the best. But I think, yeah, as you said, it's, look, it's one less fan-owned club, but I think we just have to make sure that Cork City FC is competing um, at all levels, whether that be the academy, the women's team, the amputees, the men's senior team, um, and a fan-run club. It's just with, with costs increasing all across the board, it's, it's becoming increasingly challenging, and we just have to you know, challenge that, 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 that ethos of, uh, of, of fan ownership. And look, it's a tough one for us to make. Look, we're obviously proud to be serving as board members of Cork City FC uh, and, and for us for the last number of years. It's uh, a privileged position we are all in, but it's you no. Know, even we could see from the inside, it, it wasn't sustainable. Um, and but we we think this is the best path forward for the football club and the city. Well, Declan, we must say a, a massive thank you uh, from everyone here in Red FM because you've always been accommodating for us, and I'm sure I speak for for a lot of Cork City fans as well uh, to thank you for your service to the club and and your years of dedication and to everyone in force as well who has uh, brought the club. Uh, here and this far and made sure it's still in one piece and back in the Premier Division again. Declan Carey, uh, now the former Cork City FC chairman, thanks a million for joining us. No problem at all and look, just a final shout out as well to Rory, he's always been a great friend of mine and uh, we, we played five aside with a side with a team named Ardmore Rangers many, many, many years ago so Rory's a good friend of mine and thanks to everyone and uh, yourself and the Big Red Bench and, and everyone involved with Red FM for the support the last number of years as, uh, as media sponsors as well. Thanks a Absolutely. Declan, thank you. Thank you very much. Declan Carey, Cork City FC chairman there. We're going to get a bit more reaction uh, in just a few moments. First of all, we're just going to jump uh, and hear from uh, Dunloy's uh, Cornell Cunning. He was speaking to Oshin Langan following their Ulster Club Senior Hurling Championship final win over Nail today. Kobe Cunning, you have just won your first AIB Ulster Senior Club title. How does that feel? Uh, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, it's really hard to describe. Like you can talk about it all you want, but uh, it's just really unbelievable for the like, for the people that are that. Look, you can see you look around me here. The crowds are here. Everybody is here. Like uh, it's unreal. You grew up hearing about the teams that won this. You were probably there as a youngster in 09 the last time you did it. How much did you need this? How much did you want this? Yeah, like uh, that final whistle is nearly more of a relief, more than anything. Like, uh, look, Slanhill, unbelievable team. I've said that before in interviews. Like, they're a top class team. The beat us there three years, the last three years that we played them. And they set that standard, and we were lucky enough we got up to today. And it's just, it's unreal to go over the line like, because this is a prestigious yes, tournament. Like, it really is. You look at the standard of hurling there, it's unreal. Like, and I'm just delighted to go over the line this time. I was talking to your captain, Paul Shields, and I said, you know, how much did the hurt drive you? How much were you driven by emotion at the end when they put it up to you? And he said, well, actually, we weren't. We were driven by tactics, by keeping our heads. How did you find that mix of being able to keep your heads? at such a kind of a, an intense time of the match when they looked like they were getting back on top yeah it's not easy like look it's about the game the game like you know you're trying you're trying to run the game like uh, the, your backs are against the wall they put up you've hit three or four points and we were maybe struggling we slowed it down a bit it's all about composure you can you can talk about working hard and that but we were composed on the ball the whole way through for the last five minutes and as I said we're just glad to go over the line you're a young man but I think it's fair to say like your, your Dunloy hurling life wouldn't have been complete without one of these 
Ah, uh, yeah, look, it's, uh, you can win as many Antrim Challenge. All right, very well done there to Dunloy on that win. I'm going to bring Dylan O'Connell in now. He was uh, at the 4S vote uh, where the news has come through, of course, that Dermot Usher is the new owner of Cork City FC. Dylan, uh, thanks a minute for joining us. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I suppose it's it's a massive day. We've just heard from Declan Carey there, of course. Um, I suppose we, we no one had really thought about what was going to happen after this, but Declan is is pretty much no longer the, the chairman of the club, which is just one of a lot of changes now that's going to happen. Yeah, it's exciting times for Cork City Football Club. Like we all know that there's been a lot of conversations about ownership, and for the last three years now, ever going back to the original Grovemore vote back in 2020. So it's, there's going to be a lot of changes now going into next season. Yeah, I just have a, a message here. I was just asking if, if anyone had, had any thoughts on it to get in touch with us. And uh, on Twitter, John Fitzpatrick, he says, uh, Delighted we're sold. We need new investment to compete in the Premier Division. And it was time for Forrest to step aside. Hopefully we'll get back to the top again and stay there this time. Which is, I suppose, the, that, would, that would be the overall uh, thoughts of, of most of the fans at today's vote, where 86% voted in favour of, of the takeover by Dermot Usher. Yeah, definitely. Like, because I, I suppose when you look at the, with the when the club was last promoted to the Premier Division back in 2011, like there was kind of I suppose a fan led approach in the league. Like, Bowles are a member of club, Drott United owned by the fans, Derry City owned by the fans. Now look at it in 2022. You have the owners of Southampton are in talks for investment into Shelburne. Everyone knows who owns Shamrock Rovers with Dermot Desmond's investment there. You have I suppose St. Pats are always owned by. St. Pastor have always had the same owner, the, that property developer from Dublin. You have Derry City now, whose who's owner sold his business. He is a billionaire. And if you look at the squad that Derry City have, so like the league is moving in a more, I suppose, wouldn't say professional way, but like there's a lot of money coming out to the table. And as a result, I suppose, City do need that added investment if they're to remain sustainable. Yeah, uh, Declan uh, Carey said to us on last night's show that without it, that Cork City could become a yo-yo club and you know, it, it it does. Like you can tell, you know, you can see already signings being made around around the around the Premier Division, and and you have to remember, like you know, Cork City are now competing with these guys, Bohemians, you know, going and and snatching, um, you know, the Derry City striker and and Shamrock Rovers making plenty of moves as they always do. Like that's that's the level now Cork City are back at. So it, it, the investment needs to be there to to try and and stay 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 with them. Yeah, because like again with the yo-yo, with the yo-yo club at the moment, it's that's not a sustainable business model because again you can't build, you can't develop, and like again if City could become a club, we get promoted, relegated, relegated, promoted. Like again, you always have a core support of let's say two thousand people come up to turn cross, but you will get a certain like cohort of people you will drop off, game procedures will knock off. And even ignoring this, this is Cork Sports, like it's Cork Sports, and like, you know yourself the way we are in the city, we want a team that's winning, that's competing, that's winning trophies. It's the same at hurling, the same with Gaelic football, so like, we need a Cork team competing, the country needs it as well. Like, the furthest, the most furthest, the team that was the most furthest south last year in the League of Ireland Premier Division was Shamrock Rovers. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um... What do you think? Do you think there's a missed opportunity slightly here that we could have had a situation where Forrest still had a, a meaningful stake in the club and still could have been involved and, and still could have been a bit of a fan-owned club? So, like, I was just talking to um, Mr. Derbert Usher there and the piece will be in the Echo shortly and there's a bit of a misconception, like, misconception there. Forrest will still exist. Yeah. Part of his plans include regular meetings with the, the current board of management of Forrest or whoever the board of management will be in the future along with... Meetings, annual meetings with force as well, which is really important for engagement 
engagement purposes. So force won't cease to exist and there is the option for force to get bought back for a euro. So as well, like, that needs to be factored in as well. So like, there's a few things involved here that like they need to be spoken about. Like force isn't going anywhere. It's still it would still be here as an organisation, which is fantastic because that's important ownership. That's what saved Cork football back in, in February and January 2010 when they were in the high courts. Absolutely, yeah. It, it must be said, Forrest have been a fantastic organisation. They've, they've kept the club going. Dylan, we're running out of time here on the Big Red Bench. Thank you very much for taking the call and giving your thoughts on all of that. No problem at all. Thank you, Ed. Thanks very much there to Dylan O'Connell. We are running out of time. It's a couple of minutes out from the kickoff in the World Cup game between England and Senegal. They will go on, the winners of that game, go on to face France, who are continuing the defence of their World Cup crown. Uh, here's Joe Rawson reporting from Qatar. Of course, France winning earlier on today against Poland, three goals to one. Trophy without a fight, a record-breaking 50-second goal for Olivier Giroud. Meant he became France's all-time leading scorer. That put them 1-0 up, and it was followed by two goals from Kylian Mbappe. Poland pulled one back late on through Robert Lewandowski's penalty, but it's France who will await England in the last 16 if they get past Senegal. France 3, Poland 1. Yeah, that is it. We're running out of time here. What a hectic second half of the show we've had there with uh, the news that Cork City FC, um, that Forest members have voted uh, in favour of the takeover bid by Dermot Usher for Cork City FC. Uh, thanks to Declan Carey for taking that call with us and giving his thoughts on uh, on the day's events and to Dylan O'Connell as well for jumping on board. If you missed the show, you can listen back on the Bigger Bench podcast on Red FM. .ie and all major podcast platforms. It's Mags Blackburn next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.